Welcome to Camp Glory's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message by Pastor Sam Fine. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. You know, I'm really encouraged about many things, but I'm very encouraged today just about what the Lord has, has shared with me, and, and I really believe today um, that His Word is going to do a lot in your life. His Word is all-powerful. It's living and active. It's able to accomplish what it was set for, and I believe that every time we hear God's Word, we have the opportunity to, by faith, Embrace it, hold it, and allow it to, to meet our very need in life, to set us free, to give us hope, to give us encouragement. And so today, I am very encouraged because God's on the throne and he's able to do all things. So I'm believing today that if you arrived one way, you're gonna leave another way. It's gonna be different. Things are gonna change. The outlook on life is gonna be a little rosy. Because our Father loves us, and He's for us. And I am, um, I'm aware of the fact that just, just what just happened here recently with the passing of Billy Graham, there is something that is happening in America because of the passing of, of Billy Graham. You know, the Scripture says, unless a seed falls into the earth and dies, uh, that it remains by itself alone, but when it dies, it will bear forth much fruit. I believe something is happening in America that is going to see the gospel of Jesus Christ go into all parts of this nation and impact it in such a way that we are gonna begin to see the end time harvest come in. Because there's an aspect when, when Paul was even saying, you know, don't, don't be discouraged about my situation, even though I'm imprisoned, even though that I'm in jail. Because even though I'm in jail, it has given you the courage to go forth and to preach the gospel into all the world. So there was something of a movement, of an activity of God that was taking place, even in Paul's situation in which when he was in prison, the gospel seemed to be spreading all the more. Well, now we have a father in the faith that's gone home to be with the Lord, whose main mission was to see all men come to know Jesus Christ. And I believe in his death, it is giving the body of Christ courage to step out and say, you know what? I could do this. I could do this. I can share the good news with Jesus wherever I go, whoever I meet. But there's a reality that's happening even in our day and time, as we are in these last days, before the return of Christ, there is something that's gonna take place. And it's important that we know the end game from the beginning. It's important that we know how things are gonna shape out and, and begin to reveal themselves here on this earth. So turn with me to Luke 21, verse 25. Luke 21, verse 25. It says, and there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth, dismay among the nations. There is much dismay among the nations right now in this world. In perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, and men fainting from fear, and the expectation of the things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. As I said, it's important to know the end game from the beginning with life here on this earth. And it enables us to know how to stand victoriously navigating through life in faith that we might all hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, at the very end. So with that, we understand that it says that, that the hearts of men will grow faint because of what? Fear. Fear will be a living reality that is here on this earth. And in that, we've got to know if that is gonna be something that is going to be released where people are gonna literally faint in heart because of the pressures, because of the fears, 
We have got to encourage ourselves in the Lord right now. We've got to build ourselves up in our most holy faith and begin to realize that we can walk victoriously. We do, not, we do not need to allow this to be the outcome of our lives. I love this quote from Billy Graham. You know, it shows that he had no fear in dying last week. He had no fear. And he said this. He said this to his, his grandson, Will, Will Graham. And he had this assurance because he knew that he was just passing on that to be absent from this body is to be in the presence of the Lord. He knew he's going to be in eternity. So this is what he said. He told him, someday you'll read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I have just changed my address. I have gone into the presence of God. I love that. I've just changed my address I mean, he knew at the very moment that he breathed this last that an angel of the Lord would be there to usher him into the presence of the Lord. I wonder what kind of standing ovation Billy Graham got. Can you imagine that? You know, I just wonder if, if the Lord Jesus walked him into a stadium where, where all of a sudden you could hear the roar of millions of people that received Jesus Christ as Lord through his ministry and how he was honored in heaven as, as a throng of people and, and, and the voices raised up and people were just cheering and giving thanks to his life for, for what he did. I, I mean, I can't imagine it. And I, 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 have a, I have a sense that might have happened that people were able to say, thank you. Thank you for sharing with me the good news. Thank you for letting me know that there was a hope in life. You know, from the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden, God designed it that man and woman would walk in the presence of God, protected from all fear, protected from the evil one. And in that garden, it was, it was, it was a, a, a lovely place. I would have wanted to have been there. But the tragedy is that sin entered in through temptation. And through that open door of sin that came into the garden, it has opened up the door of the enemy to bring harassment into our lives on a continual basis. If I took a poll here today, I would imagine that everyone here would have a slightly different variation of how fear affects you. Many of you in this room could be affected by it, but it expresses itself in so many different ways. But there is one main fear that is common to us all, and that one fear we are affected greatly. And let's read what that is. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. That through death, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. For assuredly, he does not give a help to his angels. The third of the angels that fell from heaven who rebelled against God, he didn't come to their aid. But what he's saying here is, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. And who are those people? That's us. So he's here to give us help and to help us. And therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make a propitiation. Big word, but simply means this, an atoning sacrifice. That he would make an atoning sacrifice for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those 
who are tempted. That is good news. That is really good news for us. That Jesus Christ made himself like you and I. He was born of the flesh, tempted in all ways like you and I. Now that is a that is an incredible thought to even imagine that Jesus was tempted with every temptation that you and I go through. So there's no place, there's no room for saying, well, he just doesn't understand what I'm going through. He just doesn't understand. You know, when I was, uh, when my children were coming up and, and as they grew into teenage years, um, has anyone ever heard from your, your child, maybe your, your teenager or or high schooler, you know, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Has anyone ever heard that? You know, and, and, and sure, I, I'm sure I, ha- I haven't experienced everything, but I have been through a lot, and I have been through high school, and I know all the challenges, but the reality is, is that Jesus can say, no, I have experienced everything. I have been tempted with everything. There's nothing that you've been tempted with that I wasn't tempted with. The Son of God allowed himself to be lower. He lowered himself than even the angels, and he became flesh and blood like us, that he might identify and understand the struggles that we go through here on this earth, that he might be the perfect advocate the perfect high priest that might stand up and say, I understand and I'm here for you and I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna deliver you because I know what it's like and I know how to win victory. So we have a good father that gave his only son that we might have help on this earth. But the scripture says something very powerful that he would render he would render powerless the enemy of our soul that would give us the fear of death the fear of death is the climax of all fears it is the headwaters where everything else flows from in your life whatever fear you struggle with comes from the headwater of the fear of death. And Jesus is saying, I've rendered him powerless. I have rendered him powerless. He broke the power of the fear of death. And therefore, he can stand in assurance and say, I can help you. It is not, it is not me When anybody at any time experiences any flavor, variation, twist of fear, it is the devil. It is not God, it is the devil. So anytime there's a hint of fear that's beginning to encroach upon your mind, your heart, your life, you got an opportunity to stand up and exercise your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and declare the fear to the fear where it needs to go. H-E-L-L, go, get out of here. I don't want you, I don't like you, you're not my friend. And so in that, no matter what type of fear is masquerading in your life, the fear of death has been broken. And this is critical. This is critical for us to understand. There are many different types of fear, as there are flavors. You can struggle with the fear of, of, of failure, fear of man, fear of harm, fear of not having enough money, fear of being alone, fear of being rejected, fear of being made look like a fool. The fears are endless what we can experience here on this death, but it all comes from one source, the fear of death. And fear is Satan's greatest weapon 
against the body of Christ. Fear is what paralyzes you. Fear is what, what grips you. Fear is what keeps you up at night. Fear is what drives you to do things you don't wanna do. Fear is the very thing that causes us to realize that, that possibly there's no hope on this earth. It is Satan's greatest power. And those who have been entrapped by fear, you almost feel enslaved to it, like you can't get out of it. You feel powerless. Even when, even, you know, Jesus was tempted with fear because it says that he was tempted in all ways just like us, but he never sinned. The scripture says when he hung on the cross that he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His, his fear that he was being tempted with at that moment was being separated from his loving father. But at that moment, he did not allow it to manifest, to give birth to sin in his life. He stood there hanging on, well, he hung on the cross as a faithful servant, fulfilling his father's will, the word over his life, that he would be faithful all the way to the end. He would be the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the earth. He knew he was the one atoning sacrifice that would forgive all of sin. He knew that if he embraced any fear, allowed it to germinate in his life, then the whole thing would be over with. He was faithful even on the cross when he was tempted with fear. I am being separated from my loving father. I am. You know, I don't know about you, but he is my glorious hero. I mean, he is my hero. Jesus Christ is my hero. He stood against all of death, hell, and the grave all a third of the fallen angels, the devil himself, and he stood there victoriously and died on the cross and therefore he rendered the devil powerless. He rendered him powerless and ineffective with, in terms of the fear of dying. I wanna share with you a story about Billy Graham that changed the course of his life and his ministry. You know, not everything was rosy in Billy Graham's ministry. In the beginning, it was very difficult for him. He was a a young evangelist preacher that was preaching the word, and in the beginning, as, as he said, at a crusade in Alatoona, Pennsylvania, And his own words were this, it was a flop. It was a flop. No one responded. No one really cared. And at that moment, he began to spiritually have a lot of difficulty. And he really, since things went so poorly, he began to even question whether he was to be an evangelist or not. He wasn't sure. And at the same time, a really good friend of his, a contemporary of Billy's, a man named Charles Templeton, um, who also preached at the Youth for Christ meetings where Billy Graham used to preach, he went to uh, Princeton University where he began to believe that the Bible was flawed. He began to uh, believe that the answer was in academia, not Jesus. And he tried to convince Billy that his way of thinking was kind of outdated, that he was just going to believe the word, and that he could not really trust the Bible. But while he was at a camp in California called Forest Home, 
He spent a great deal of time studying the Bible and he kept seeing the same phrase pop up in the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. While he had always accepted Scripture as being the authority of God, this became a turning point as he realized in his heart that God's word was divinely inspired, God-breathed, and it offers eternal power to all of us. So on that night in Forest Home, he walked out into the woods and he set his Bible on a stump. I would imagine almost like a, an altar. And he cried out, and these were his words exactly. God, there are many things in this book I do not understand. There are many problems with it from which I have no solution. There are many, there, there seems to be many contradictions. There are some areas in it that I do not, seem to, this do not seem to correlate with modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions Charles and others are raising. And then he fell on his knees and the Holy Spirit moved in him and he said this, Father, I'm going to accept this as your word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word of God. And at that moment, he stood up, tears were streaming down his face, and he felt the power and the presence of Almighty God come upon him mightily. And at that moment, he knew in his heart that he had crossed a bridge. He knew that something significant had happened in his life. The result of that did not go unnoticed. The next night at Forest Home, 400 people made a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Henrietta Mears remarked that he preached with authority in a way that she had never seen before. You know, we have a choice. We all have a choice. Just like Billy Graham. Are we going to believe that God's word is true? Are we going to believe when it says that the devil has been rendered powerless. He's been defeated. The chains that abound us have been broken. We have been completely set free from the fear of death. You know, walking free from fear is paramount for us to walk victoriously here on this earth right now. Because as I said, the end game is this. People are going to faint because of fear. But the scripture says that the power of death has been broken. So is it true or not true? Are we gonna believe what's written? Or are we gonna stay in our experience of fear and allow it to, to continually consume our lives and make us feel enslaved like we have no more power in this life. Are we going to believe that there is a divine power that is released when we read God's word, we stand upon it, and we confess it? Are we going to declare over our lives, devil, you have been rendered powerless. I believe God's word that says, I am free. Are you going to embrace that? How many nights and days do we allow the, the, the claws of fear to grip our mind and to continually cause us to lose life, vitality, sleep, energy? 
we get worried about so many things and we're allowing the anxiety in our lives just to rob us of any hope in this life, any future. I am committed to not allowing fear to traffic in my mind anymore. I am committed to standing on his word and confessing what it says and declaring to the devil, go to where you belong. Get out of here. I think it's time that the body of Christ rises up and believes every single word in this Bible. There is not a word in this Bible that is not true. It is the inspired, God-breathed word of God that gives life, that gives hope, that gives a future. This is God's word. And not only is it God's word, it's living and active. Like it has the ability to walk into your life and say, hello, I'm here to do some changes. So for me and my house, I declare that the fear of death has been broken. I want you to declare that over your house. That the death angel cannot come to your house. That the blood of the lamb is over the doorpost. And that my house is going to be a, a free zone of all fear. There's not going to be any fear here. So we are going to walk in faith and not by sight. You know, why is this so important that we really believe this? Why? You know why? Because the devil knows if you don't believe it. He knows if you don't believe it. Because all authority has been given to us. When we don't believe this, we don't have the authority of God. And the devil knows authority. He knows one person that's walking in faith in God's word. You know, anytime you're experiencing fear or anxiety, it's the devil's attempt to try to get a foothold back in your life. Because you gotta remember, he, he's been rendered powerless, the fear of death has no more hold on you. So the truth is, he's just trying to come through the back door in your life and get a grip again. That's exactly what he's doing. Because Jesus broke the devil's hold on your life. I would have, I, I, one day, I hope Jesus allows me to have video footage of what happened in hell. I would have loved to have seen that encounter when Jesus looked eye to eye with the devil and said, give me what is mine and snatched the keys of death. I don't think it was just like, uh, would you, pardon me, would you please give me what is mine? I imagine, it, it says that he was made a spectacle. I mean, I, Jesus was not like a you know, little kitty cat. He came in like a roaring lion. And he set things straight. And he humiliated him. He stripped him. And broke him of all his power. The moment you're experiencing fear, no matter what the expression of that fear is, you've got to resist it with God's word. You've got to declare and confess God's word. You've got to use it as your weapon released against him to drive him away from your life. It cannot enslave you and it doesn't have any, any power to ensnare you or paralyze you anymore. It has got to go. You know, to resist it means that you're not gonna stand allowing it to intimidate you anymore. You're gonna resist it with God's word and you're gonna see the fear begin to leave your mind. I don't care if it's the fear of not having enough, the fear of, of not having finances, the fear of I'm not gonna have a job, the fear of I'm not gonna have a mate, the fear of whatever. Imagine we got a hundred different fears in here that people can struggle with. But the truth is, it all comes from one source and that source has been destroyed. 
I am so grateful. It doesn't have any power over me anymore. So the Bible is clear. Submit yourself unto God. Submit yourself unto what God's word says. Come under his lordship. Declare, I believe. Because the scripture says, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to them who believe. All things. Not some things, all things. You resist the devil with the word of God. And it says he has to flee. It's not like, oh, I don't feel like it. No, he's got to. He's got to leave because God's word has been spoken. And this is what you're gonna do over your life. Fear is not of God, so no matter how you are experiencing fear, it is the devil. Pure and simple. Nothing else. And you cannot give any room to it. You cannot tolerate it. Just hoping that it might go away or that your circumstances might change. You know what? He's got one thing in mind. No, he's got three things in mind. Kill, steal, and destroy. And he doesn't give up. So either you fight or he's going to fight. So you got to take up your sword and go to battle. You know, you really, he's got to know that you mean business because faith releases the power of God. And that's what he understands. He understands when he gets a good spanking and he's got to go. So begin to declare God's word over your life pertaining to this issue of the fear of death and you will see its power loosen in your life. You know, but when you're in the midst of being tempted by fear, it's easy to give in to doubt and unbelief. I understand that. You know, and we're not really the only ones. Let's just say it as it is. The disciples struggle with it all their lives, even up to the last minute before the ascension of Jesus, they were struggling And Jesus looked at him just as he's getting ready to ascend to the Father. And what does he do? You know, you would think he would say, well done, boys. You done great. Way to go. No, he rebukes him. (laughs) He rebukes him for doubting. He spanks him a little bit. Mark 16, 14 Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at the table and he reproached them. Basically, he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. They were struggling too. They were struggling. They were hiding in their room for fear of the Jews. And, but the good news is this. The next verse I'm sure he had a smile on his face after he kind of spanked him a little bit. He said, go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. He did not allow that moment to define them. He did not allow that moment of unbelief and hardness of heart to disqualify them. He said, come on. We got business to do. Now go. Go into all the world. You know, our belief in God's word unlocks the power of Almighty God. It releases his power to set us free. You know, it couldn't be any more clear. God's word will stand forever. So let's believe every word that's written in it and let's see fear driven from our lives. But I want to turn with you, uh, turn with me uh, real quickly to Hebrews 4.12. I want to end with this. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Does that not sound like a pretty powerful word? I mean, does that not sound like something that is, it is fully loaded and ready to actively be involved in your life to do damage on the devil? I mean, that sounds like some really powerful word. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Verse 14, and I love this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. I mean, that deserves a, a real clap to Jesus, doesn't it? You know, I mean, come on. He understands our weaknesses because he was tempted in all things, but he did not sin. We see here that God's word clearly releases a divine power that will defeat the enemy every single time. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So just as Jesus defeated uh, the devil with the temptations in the wilderness, what did he do to counter the devil in the wilderness? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. If Jesus used the written word to defeat the devil, don't you think we should? I, th I think it'd be a good thing. You know, temptations happen every day in various forms, different ways. Temptations are here. There's a real good chance before the night's over, all of you will be tempted in some way, some manner. Big, small, medium. And that is why the Lord gave us uh, the Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer, we read this. Let us not be led into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's right there. Lord, we pray this day, lead us not. Let us not be led into temptation. So it's wonderful to know that Jesus understands and he sympathizes with our weaknesses because he's been tempted in all things. It doesn't say some things but all things. So ever, so if you've ever thought, you know, that he doesn't understand, let's just remember, he went to high school too. He did, he knew. But how do we respond when we're being tempted? And this is so important. Do I try to hide from God? Or do I run into God? Because in, in the midst of the temptation, at that very moment, if we can understand, okay, Lord, you were tempted with this, and you understand me, you sympathize with me, and you love me. You're not mad at me that I'm being tempted. Temptation is not sin. It's when the temptation conceives in your heart and mind and you embrace it and you take action with it, it gives birth to sin in your life. But how I respond to temptation is critical. It's critical because when we are battling with fear, we've got to understand that he understands and that at that very moment, we can run into his embrace, experience his love, and know that his word is available at that moment to deliver us and to set us free. 
and it doesn't matter how many times we are tempted. The response should be into God, not away from God. His love for you is there even in the struggle. So if you are struggling with fear today, I've got some really good news. The power of the cross of Jesus Christ has broken the power of fear. The cross of Jesus Christ has set you completely free and, well, free of all fear. So, in that, you're no longer enslaved to it. So you can confess this day, Lord Jesus, you paid such a price on the cross that I'm gonna believe your word that it says he's been rendered powerless. So just like Billy, are you going to believe everything that God says about your life and not what the devil says? Are you gonna believe his word and find victory in this life? Because I'm telling you that in the days ahead, there's gonna be more things happening in the nations. There's gonna be more things happening in this world. There's gonna be more calamity, unfortunately, that's gonna unfold. And in that, we have a choice. Are we gonna be part of that category that faints because of fear, or are we gonna be victorious all the way to the end, knowing that our Savior is one? I believe we're gonna be that group of people. They're gonna find total victory in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Sure. tell you one way that I have combated fear and this year I'm 98 years old and I have had a lot of experiences with fear and you are so right you've got to get that word in your heart and you have got to believe it to your core I mean absolutely Amen. and then uh, I have found that when I'm fearful or going into a situation I just sort of step back in my mind or spiritually, and I say, God, what are you gonna do? I'm turning it over to you. What are you gonna do? Amen. And so that's what you have told us this morning. You've told us, you know, how to relax and be in the word and have confidence. And our, I don't know how to say this, so help me. Um, the amount of fear that we have is directly related to our trust. I mean, if we come to the point where we are mature in our trust and we know that God is who he says he is, he's the only living God, he is all-powerful, and if, if we can just get that in our heart and really believe it and trust it and stand on it, then that goes a long way. Amen to helping us conquer fear. Because like you say, times are revving up. And we're each gonna be faced with a situation where God is gonna test us and you better believe he's good at testing. And we just need to remember what you said today. Amen. And no what? fear. Why don't you have the altar call? Why don't you call everybody who needs prayer? You tell them to come on up. If they, they need prayer, just have well, that, them come that, on up. That's another area. You, <laughs> You need the Holy Spirit to yeah. win the battle. Yeah. And so if you do, everybody receives the Holy Spirit when we uh, are saved, when we acknowledge Christ. But there's a deeper level. If you have not received the fullness of all of the Holy Spirit, then please come forward and let some of these people in here who know God 
know Jesus Christ is our Savior, and the Holy Spirit is the power. If you don't have that power, then come get it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.
Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.